What's all the ruckus about this week? Find out right now. I'm your host, Dana Martine. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist of any kind, and you shouldn't take me as such. I'm simply a person who has seen a lot of ruckus in her life, and I have a lot to say. Hey, good evening there, and thank you for joining me tonight. This is my very first podcast, and we are focusing on jumpstarting sanity. And I think that that is something that we all need from time to time, especially when life becomes a little bit bigger than we are. And life is all about living, right? At least it's supposed to be. But for a lot of people, living has yet to introduce itself fairly. And for the last year, I've been thinking a lot about those people, the ones who are feeling slighted and hurt and angry and alone, and those who are feeling rejected and dejected, especially when I'm thinking about the current world's state of chaos, from the Californian arson fires to the political pigsty that has America swimming in misinformation and confusion the racial injustice that is setting us back into the mid-1800s, not to mention lightly all of our freedoms at this moment that are getting swallowed up in the midst of a pandemic. And all of this with a distorted election season. That happens to be the cherry on top of all of it. You'd think, though... (laughs) that we were in the middle of some really bad B-movie when the 6 o'clock news hits. No A-list actor anywhere in that script. Yet inside of this second-rate sheep show, I like to call it, there's hope as we grapple for a white knight to come charging in. But you know, life in 2020 has become more like one of those annoying gifts that are stuck on an automatic replay loop. You, you know what I'm talking about. It, the ones that are right in front of your face, you can't help but look at it, and your social media feed. And depending on your situation, the mindlessness of this automatic replay that's stuck, the mindlessness of all of it is the real danger to the human condition. Because... In these toxic times, when desperate circumstances are mounting, we're not thinking reasonably and we're not feeling reasonably. We've lost our voices. And we are not aware that that is what we're actually fighting for when we search for our volume to be heard. And then so we become detached. We disregard paying attention as we fall into that automatic replay and we forget about that inconspicuous dial that we all have that helps us adjust our volume and it helps us to turn life's channel when we need to. We forget about all that. And so what do we do when we aren't aware of our voices or the choices that we still have left? Well, the obvious answer in those critical moments is to simply make it stop. But the better move in the long run is to find your voice and then your volume dial. 
Now, the essential part that you need in this concept is to actually become aware. And you are going to hear me say that word several times in this episode. You need to become aware that you even have a volume dial and the capability to turn the channel in any situation. And to gain understanding in this means that you need to become aware of your voice. You need to know yourself. Now as a society, and even on a global scale, you can pretty much step back at any given moment and check out what the planet knows, if you will. Knowledge is power, right? So you can, you can kind of check out that temperature of knowledge that's happening on the planet. And I refer to individuals and people and cultural thinking as the evolving of we are what we know. And what I've realized in applying this very concept to my own personal growth is that it gives me more of an understanding on an individual basis with people, as well as myself versus the world. And so what I'm seeing right now happening is that we're stuck. And being stuck in a perpetual state of chaos and anxiety means just that. It means that we are only knowing the chaos and the anxiety People have lost their voices amid the noise and competition with wanting to be heard. And then to compound everything else, we have the rapid fire syndrome of feelings over logic, a tactic purely in mass control. And feelings are tough. I get it. I get that. They're defined as emotions brought on by various states of mind where they easily become stuck and then, and then begin to categorize themselves into various ideologies. And then the rooted festering begins. And there's a huge difference, albeit subtle in its presentation, between the rapid firing of experiencing feelings and being aware of them. See, that's when it becomes dangerously slippery. And you can't stop the toxicity that you're constantly being exposed to, right? Or what life is throwing at you from day to day. But you can step out of the way or the direction it's being launched from. And now all of this comes down to how you're dealing with everything. I mean, you can suppress your feelings and you can sidestep them. You can't even disguise them and lie about them. You can even project your feelings, which we are all experiencing right now at this very moment. But you can't get rid of your feelings. They will show up one way or another. And most of the time, it's going to be at the most inopportune time. And soon, you begin to believe that you only have one choice in flipping that on-off switch. And then more trouble ensues. And so here's the tricky part in becoming aware of what's driving us in situations of darkness and depression and fear. You've got to zero in on the ability to face your own reasoning behind both feeling and thinking. 
and get that into a perspective. And so how do we do this? Well, I could say that you have to simply take time for yourself, but isn't that one of the problems right now more than ever is that people have no real time for themselves? So I'm going to say this instead. It's understanding what your needs are by bringing it forward into your consciousness, your waking life. To think about what is bringing you to your knees in the first place, and then you work on it from there. See, I've come to realize that identification is key when, when people are finding personal power, which is what we're missing personal power and perspective. And there's a way to do this if only people will check in with themselves. And I'm not talking about the anger that you feel toward another human being for something that they have done to you or, or what you feel is wrong with other people. I'm talking about the lack of knowing your own self-control that is making all of these things worse. Self-identification on how you're feeling and why is the challenge. Got to do it consciously. And then asking yourself, what can I do about this particular situation right now in this very moment? And that's got to be the hardest question, I think, to answer consciously and abide by. It was for me when I began to check in. Because that means that you have to problem solve and then you have to hold yourself accountable. I wanna pass on a little snippet to you from an article from the AP, the Associated Press. These were statistics according to this article that was published on September 11th, 2020. 56% of Americans ages 18 through 34 say that they have at least sometimes felt isolated in the past month compared to four in 10 with older adults. Now, they did not say what age bracket the older adults were. According, though, according to the latest COVID response tracking study conducted by NORC and ORC at the University of Chicago, and I should mention that NORC is one of the largest independent social research organizations in the United States. And so now the reason why I wanted to bring this statistic into this episode is because, now check this out, 56%, that's over half of the ages 18 through 34. That's a very mixed component of millennials and Gen Xers. And this means that 20 years from now, when the boomers, that's me, are needing help from the millennials, we're at the mercy of what they are going through right now. Which brings me to the point of emphasizing that the most important thing that you can do for yourself every day, especially now, is to be able to pull apart the empathy from the control factor. You need to remind yourself that you have no control over what other people are doing or saying or any decisions that others might be making. This is where I don't like social media platforms. This is where they are no, no help. You are not responsible for another person's actions. 
You are only responsible for your reactions to it. You're not responsible for how they feel or the avenue of experiences that possibly have brought them to their own edges of pain. And this is where empathy gets muddied up. We need empathy. I push the concept of empathy. We're missing so much of it right now. But you do have to ask yourself as you're pulling apart the empathy from the control factor, how much am I going to allow myself to get swallowed up by all of the outside noise before all of my empathy is numb and I, I cannot give it anymore? Personal friend of mine last week lost a loved one to COVID and it was absolutely heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to hear her pain. And unfortunately, I could not control the input of the pain that she was feeling or the amount of the input that she was feeling. I, I could support her. I could let her know that I cared a great deal. And then I had to let her feel what she was going to feel. We have no control over who acquires cancer or COVID or who may be taken from us by some unfortunate accident or, or even by their own hand. We cannot control most of the systems that we live under determinately. We can voice our choices. But again, as simplistic and even ridiculous as it may sound, we have to be aware of the control that we do have versus what we don't. Being aware of it can pull you back from the brink of self-destruction. Personal power has gotten lost these days because I'm noticing that people have not a clue that they even have a volume dial. They're just fighting to be heard. They're not even aware of their own voice. Just grab for that volume, that volume, that volume. They don't even know how to get it. They don't, they have no clue because the insanity of the measures that people are taking inside of instantly reacting to everything out there is complete and utter madness. And if you haven't noticed, the madness itself is another manifested contagion that we are all under right now. But again, when this starts to overload, my personal faith in myself and others quickly returns when I reach for my control and my volume dial. And if you take a quick personal check-in with yourself or inventory, whatever you want to call it, you would be surprised at the amount of control that you feel within minutes because adjusting life's volume via personal check-in means just that, to take your control back. And this is when you shape your lifestyle and you cultivate what you want inside of your life and you begin to know yourself. And so when you find yourself aimlessly wandering around in your head and then haphazardly wandering around in life, perhaps you're using an outdated flip switch method instead of 
knowing yourself and adjusting the volume a little bit. And you can usually tell what's happening in your life by simply paying attention to what your body is telling you. Stress has a way of seeping in through things like comfort foods, alcohol, pushing late nights due to not having a life during waking hours, that 24-7 thing crammed into micro minutes. Sound familiar? Over half of the American population is sleep deprived. Takes three to seven minutes to fall asleep, but it takes 90 minutes to reach full REM. And then it takes at least half of your sleep time to get a good sleep cycle in so that you can wake up and feel refreshed and revitalized and that your body can produce proper cell division so that you can continue to live. Think about how much sleep that you're actually getting right now versus what you aren't getting. How much did you get last night? Try this formula, track your sleep hours over a seven day period and then subtract it from 168. That's 168 hours that is in a seven day period. And if you are awake anymore than 100, I think it was 130 to 135, yes, 130 to 135, you're beginning to push sleep deprivation. In order to identify the noise and the disruptors in your life, you need to check in and you need to do it every day, bringing yourself to the table consciously. And even better, bounce it off of a therapist, find one or a clergyman, find support. The, the mental health stigma in this nation is truly incredibly ridiculously astounding. It's not as hard as you may think that it is to try to talk to friends and family when you're talking about your mental state. It's the reason why I longed for a podcast, because I think it's extremely important that we have these conversations. You know, I've experienced all of this myself after a series of family tragedies. Overcame my life for the first 37 years. My relationships, both personal and socially, were suffering, along with several of my career paths that were interrupted. Something had to give. And that's when I slammed on the brakes after the first 37 years of my life as my own health mentally and physically began to suffer. I took my control back and I learned just what my volume edit button was capable of. And to my surprise, it was not an easy task. I'm not going to tell you that it is when you decide to take control. There were habits to break. And there were people to unplease and even break away from. Some people took me several years to do this with. Which I have to say that learning that part of who was who in the hijacking of my life was like scraping gum 
off of the bottom of my shoes in 90 degree weather. I'm not going to kid you. It takes courage to realize and activate self-worth by giving yourself the life that you deserve, especially now, especially in a world full of families falling apart and relationships faltering, friends dividing over opinions and belief systems, and all of this in the middle of trying to stay sane and healthy, directed by experts on every radio station, TV station, everybody's got an answer. Each of us has a preferred avenue of peace. I believe that. We have those avenues we know of internally that we associate with in order to be happy. And I call this a person's rosary of sorts because I believe that every person contains passion and mystery and creativity. And I believe that everybody really truly does want peace. Your sanity is truly important. When you jumpstart it in the way of volume editing, it can bring you peace of mind. When you take the time to gather personal inventory and you check in with yourself, on, with, with what's going on with your current state of mind, you can put yourself and your intentions into a more spiritual space. And only you know what that is for yourself. Nobody else can tell you what that is. But controlling the volume dial increases self-care habitry. It puts us in a more focused place within ourselves and our lives. And it also unites us with a more kindred community. Try tuning into your own needs instead of the six o'clock news and make some time for those small breaks. Jumpstart your own sanity again. Take the bull by the horns. Hit the volume edit button. Nobody else is going to do this. It's up to you. You can find more support in search of some balance at www.pleaselive.org. That is www.pleaselive.org. I'm Dana Martine. Thank you for listening. And remember, stay sane, stay peaceful, and stay in tune with your own heart. Join me next time on Ruckus and Rosaries. Ha, ha, ha.